What's up guys, Mike Lewis here, and welcome to the Mike Lewis Podcast. If you guys want to keep up with me on social media, you can follow me on Instagram at MikeLewisOfficial, and you can follow me on Twitter at MikeLew52, it's where most of my updates come. If you're enjoying my content, give me a like and a subscribe, and without further ado, let's just dive right into this episode. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode. And if you read the title of this video, you know who exactly is joining me today. Jemmy, how are we doing today? Mike, I feel like this is so overdue. You and I are finally together. So I'm excited to be in your hot seat because I feel like I've heard it's a good seat to sit in and that you ask the good questions. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you've heard positive things, you know, like uh, I've gotten a lot of requests for you over the past year. I've had a lot of people um, from your original season on and then, you know, I'm glad uh, you've got a lot of fans. How does that feel like to know just every day someone's constantly wondering, like, I wonder what Jemmy's up to. Is that like a weird feeling? You know what? It makes it all worthwhile because for every troll, you know, there's at least one person who gives a shit about you. So it evens it all out. And I always say the good the good challenge fans outweigh like the negative on Twitter, the negative energy on social media. Like when you come together and do these podcasts or you meet fans at events and all and you're just like, fuck, this is so cool because a lot of fans do become friends. So it's just a it's just a cool like concept. It never becomes normal and it never feels like I'm never not grateful for, for it and for the people I meet because of it. Yeah, I always talk with like my guests when, you know, their shows like originally came out like the, you know, earlier 2000s. I always ask them like what it's like now being on like TV again, or I guess in this case, like streaming services with like your uh, shows being out, like what it's like to have like this networking platform to be able to connect and have like all these amounts of people just like pretty much comment on your every move, essentially. Is that something that like you're enjoying, like having that? aspect of it or would you have like maybe rather the aspect you know when your first season came out with new orleans when social media was kind of just coming around you know what it's like you can't you it's all it's pros and cons like is it some of it like a lot and is there some days where it's like god this is all bullshit and then it's like wait no i, I this is how i make money i can like live my life being who i am so it's all it to me it's always it's always worth it even on the shitty days i can find a good in it so I think it's cooler now with social media, but you do have to be more protective of your privacy. So were you like a MySpace person when uh, Real World New Orleans was oh first? Oh my God, on? I loved MySpace, mainly because I wanted to like make sure whoever the guy I was talking to at the time kept me like <laughs> top eight friends. So I usually use MySpace to be like sneaky and petty, which is very on brand for me. But yeah, I was on MySpace. Um, they made us all get a Twitter. <laughs> Cause that's when Twitter was getting popping. So like, as soon as we got done filming, like we got a email from someone at MTV, like all of you must have a Twitter. So that's when I got on Twitter and it's been a lot ever since. Yeah. I'm pretty sure when your season was first like airing was when Facebook and Twitter were like first booming on the scene. Yeah. So you guys really came out at like a pretty good time, but you guys also came out. I'm pretty sure at the same time Jersey Shore came out. So that was like a, uh, a I thing. love that you brought this up, Mike. I was sitting on my couch. It was December of 2009. I already knew that I was going to go film real world in like a month and Jersey Shore aired. And I was like, 
fuck, we're done. Like, I was like, how is the real world going to compete with this show? So I remember literally sitting there and be like, I'm about to go film real world and Jersey Shore is going to shit on real world for the next however many seasons. And I was not wrong in all honesty, like they blew up. I can't even believe like what that show is like original, like what the original plan for that show like was not what it turned out to be like they didn't really like I'm pretty sure it went from supposed to be in like VH1 originally and then they moved it to MTV and they didn't even get paid for their first season that they did. So that's insane to me. And they were all just going to hang out for one season and then like it was going to be dead. It was literally like a let's just do this one season show. And then here we are, what, 12, 13 years later and these people are all millionaires off of this shit. It's, it's wild. It's, cra- it's crazy. Oh. Everybody was kind of waiting for uh, them to cross over to the challenge. But at that point, like, they didn't even need to. I mean, I'll always say it. The challenge can't afford them. I mean, yeah. that's and, I'm like, saying, no. and I'm not gonna, I don't want to jump off buildings if I don't have to. I'm going to get a bigger paycheck for sitting in a fucking family reunion. I'm telling you what I'm doing. Your cast got to go on, like, bar appearances with them around that time, though, I'm pretty sure. Did you? Oh, my God. I remember I did one with, like, Snooki's boyfriend at the time, not her husband, in, like, fucking Long Island. Like, we were in a fucking limo. And I remember just being like, what is happening? Like, what is, what is, what is today? So, yeah. And then, like, I met, like, Polly and Vinny and all them through bar appearances. Wow, that must have been crazy. So it was I think so I, I take it like at that time period. I mean, I don't know like what what their watching status of like the real world was, but I take it if this was around the time of like their first season, they probably were the ones coming up to like you guys. Like, oh my god, your show's awesome. Yeah, I remember like I think it was it, it had to be Snooky. Yeah, Snooky was like, yeah, I always wanted to be on the real world. Like she was like, I always wanted to be a real world girl, and I'm like, well, girl, you got a better bag, so good for you. <laughs> So I got to ask now, since I, I swear to God, when I said that you were going to be joining me, there had to have been like 95% of the questions wanted to know this. Where did like the ketchup phobia like originate? Was there like a <laughs> story yeah. behind this? It's, it's the strangest thing. And I'll also tell you something else that I haven't really talked about. Um, but my mom, when she was pregnant with me, my mom is obsessed with ketchup. Mm-hmm. When she was pregnant with me, she could not eat ketchup. It like physically made her sick. So it literally is ridiculous and dumb as it sounds. It started in the womb because my mom would get would be so pissed off pregnant that she couldn't eat ketchup. So then when it got to the age to like, you know, let your child try foods, my mom would like try to force me to eat ketchup. My dad was like, she doesn't want to eat it. Leave that girl alone. So it's just been one of those things from like as dumb as it sounds, as crazy as it sounds. It's it's literally been from the womb. And I'm convinced I must have like had a traumatic experience with ketchup in a past life. Like, as dumb as it sounds, like, I don't know. It's literally been an issue from, like, the beginning. But I did get hypnotized um, a while back, like, about a year and a half ago. So the fear is not there as, like, it was. I'm not going to go buy some ketchup and bring it in my house. I'm not going to pass you the ketchup at the table if we're having dinner. Like, I don't want to be close to it. But it's not an irrational fear the way that it used to be. What do you mean by hypnotized, though? Like, I literally, okay, like, obviously, I live in New Orleans. I, I believe in, like, voodoo and, and that I believe in the power of, like, getting hypnotized to get over something. And I don't really talk about it a lot because, like, I, I don't really remember a lot of it. Um, But I literally went to a lady in New Orleans, told her what it was, explained, like, there's no rational reason. There's no trauma attached to this. 
And she was like, oh, then this should be something easy. If it's like a, a past life connection, I can easily get you over this. And as crazy as it sounds, Mike, I did one session with her and was like halfway cured. Like I said, I'm not going to eat ketchup or touch it or anything, but it's not that like crazy fear that y'all all saw on Rivals too. <laughs> so, so if you're at like a barbecue in New Orleans and uh, people are passing around like hot dogs or hamburgers, like, are you just going to put like mustard on it or? I mean, if I don't eat hot dogs, Mike, like that's gross. But if I'm eating a oh. hamburger, I'll just put, like cheese or mayonnaise. I really like mayonnaise. I'm a barbecue sauce bitch. Like <laughs> I love sauces. That's the funny thing. I'm like a sauce whore. Like I want all the sauces, just not ketchup. What's your go-to sauce at a barbecue? Um, barbecue sauce over everything, preferably like a good homemade barbecue sauce, but I will put barbecue sauce on anything. Like it's disgusting. My love for barbecue sauce. Oh, I'm with you on that. Like, it's like I will literally put it, like put it on some fruit loops. I don't give a shit. I love barbecue sauce. I'm, it's actually crazy that you brought this up because, and you're going to think I'm a weirdo for saying this, but like a month ago, I had these like saltine crackers, just regular saltines, and I was dipping them in barbecue sauce. I don't think this and is weird, honey. I'm like, was, I'm going to try this now. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Oh my God. Okay, I'll like, let you know. I will really tweet you I and let you know. I swear to you, so good. <laughs> oh, it actually <laughs> sounds really good. It's, it's crazy what sauce can do for you with oh, any type of food. Barbecue sauce over everything, baby. <laughs> so this past year you know you've gotten into content creation of course and a lot of people have enjoyed like seeing your mind with like you know your thoughts on the challenge episodes was this like a quarantine hobby that you picked up or have you always wanted to put out content not really i mean to me it's just like my favorite thing to do is like when i'm like like this right now like just sitting down like bullshitting with someone about a topic that i know and i've always enjoyed interviews like sitting in an interview chair and doing like challenge interviews, real world interviews. Like I love the interview aspect of filming a show. So it just kind of made sense to do what I do best, which is just sit in a chair and like talk shit. Yeah. And this was a fan question as well. They wanted to know if like you thought that maybe you would ever take this into like a bigger scale, kind of like what Mark Long's doing. I mean, no, yes and no. Like, I think that Mark Long has a lot more experience than me. So what I have him and I had conversations of me maybe doing things under his umbrella. Yes, I don't want the full like responsibility of the things because when you have to take on you, I mean, you know, this having a podcast when you have to take on the back end stuff, it takes away from the creativity. So to me, I would much rather like join forces under Mark and with his direction than do my own thing completely. And like I said, him and I are ta have talked about things, and I know that Mark is paving the way for us to have opportunities outside the challenge, and that's why he's the best human to exist. Yeah, absolutely. And I've noticed that, too, with, like, you on the shows. You kind of see things from, like, a producer's, you know, point of view. You know what I mean? Like, people are all focused on, like, the, you know, competition aspect. But at the end of the day, at the core of the show, like, it's a reality show, right? You're and producing like a TV show. It's a TV show. We're priding this thing on personality. Yeah. And you've always, you know, seen it from that perspective. And I've seen like a lot like within you that I feel like you could be like a producer type of role. We always um, like produ producers love me because they know that one, I see it like that and know how to like make a TV show and still be authentic. It's not like I'm trying to create any, you know, storyline. I just know how to produce. Like, it's weird. It's just this weird obsession that I have. 
And I'm a good person. If I see people having a conversation, I'm going to go to the producer and be like, yo, you know, like Veronica and Rachel are over there talking about this, this, and this. You need to get the cameras over there. So they always like joke with me that I'm like a cast member and a producer. But yeah, I, I, my, that's just how my mind works. And I enjoy watching good reality TV. So I want to make good reality TV. And on All Stars 2, I would always say like, during the deliberations when those fucking assholes were just nominating themselves like we're at fucking summer camp I would be like I know a lot of you haven't done this for a while but like we are making a tv show like this is a tv show this is not like friends hanging out getting back together like we're making a tv show there's a lot of people at home who expect good shit from us so like let's do what we came here to do and like compete but also create a good tv show And I think, like, that's the root of the maybe problem that some of the fans have, like, with the flagship show now is, you know, the lack thereof in terms of, you know, personality. Yeah, it's those people are fucking losers. It's like, (laughs) they are. I'm sorry. They, like, think that, like, and I get it. There's a lot of money at stake. I get it. But think about how slim actually winning the challenge is. So the the people that are, like, in the middle, like, the jot, like, the fessies, and I'm just like, Y'all, just be authentic. Be yourself. Like, there's something authentic about y'all. Y'all got cast on a reality show. So it's just, again, and I think a lot of it is social media and the time that we live in. People are trying to curate their personality for their brand instead of just showing up and being like, yo, this is who the fuck I am. And I'm just going to be this person on TV regardless of what my brand is. That I think with social media playing a part people are kind of more so focused on the brand aspect and the follower uh-huh. aspect and engagement aspect to where we might not see, you know, their authentic personality. Cause back when you guys were originally doing this show, it wasn't about that, you know, it was about like, all right, let's just like, this is pretty much a documentary. So we're just yeah. all going to like talk, you know what I mean? And a, and I, and a lot yeah. of it is though too, is lazy production and casting people, mm. casting directors are like on Instagram, like, Oh, he's hot. She's hot. Let me cast this person instead of, deep diving into oh does this hot person have a personality like so i think it starts with casting they're the they're the number one problem followed by production followed by the cast member so concerned about their fucking brand on instagram and jemmy i've been saying this for like the longest time i think that the formula here or like the attempted formula is to cast some of the and i'm you know just speaking about you know the international people and the CBS people specifically. Like, I think that the formula here is to kind of cast these people in hopes that their followers will then make the crossover to watch the show. But for a show that's prided on character development and personality, that's just not going to equate to getting people to watch a show that they don't know anything about these people. It it makes me sick. And also, like, yeah, someone might have two million followers, but they're only going to be on two episodes. They're fought like it it makes me sick first and foremost as a fan, because I was a fan of the challenge before I was ever on real world. So, like, to see the show get away from what it's supposed to be is disgusting. And, like, I'm very vocal with people at MTV, people at like BMP with production that I don't agree with what they're doing. Like, I'm always very vocal, like, yo, y'all got to take this shit back and like keep it basic because that's what made the challenge so great like you said it's all about seeing how ct changed from you know five ten years ago we tune in for the for the for the story 
I, I saw a lot of fans like hearts just like shatter like a couple weeks ago when they announced that uh, there was going to be like a separate challenge CBS on Paramount Plus. Like people were just like, we just lost our show. And I follow like the messy fans and the like messy fan accounts. So they were like hit and like they're like angry tweets. I was like, 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 agree, agree, agree. Like it, I feel the same way. I feel the same way. Like it feels kind of messed up. You know what I mean? Like. It's not like MTV is getting an MTV Big Brother or an MTV yeah. Survivor. It's just like the network's getting raided by CBS, essentially. <laughs> like, and it, it literally is like, it, like you, that's the perfect word, like raided. And also, like, you can't tell me that if you did a, an MTV Big Brother and put a bunch of, like, MTV Challenge people in a Big Brother house, you wouldn't have a fucking good show. Now, the question is, would you do... Big Brother, like a celebrity type I, Big Brother. I did not grow up watching. I didn't grow up watching Big Brother. My best friend was a huge fan from like the beginning. I didn't start watching it till later, and I was like, "Fuck, I would love to do this show." Yes, I think that my biggest issue is like they don't give enough of wine, and like maybe like halfway through, I would be like, "Fuck this shit, I want to go home." But no, I think I would actually be really good at Celebrity Big Brother. But I would rather play regular Big Brother over Celebrity. Yeah, I mean, because celebrities, you'll probably run into, like, some of the problems that you're probably seeing on, like, the flagship right now. Yeah. It's just people for the brand, you know what I mean? No, but to play, like, an authentic Big Brother would be, I think, like, so fucking, like, for my mind, I would fucking lose it in the best way. Like, I would want to do it so badly. So when you were exiting, like, the main show, like, obviously your last flagship show was final reckoning of course like did you run into those same problems as well like with like you know as you were exiting like the brand thing started to come into play and you know with some of the I, casting or i remember i was so pissed off about the format of final reckoning like knowing that me and jenna were getting sent home and like screwed and how good of a team we would have been like personality-wise, storyline-wise, competitively. Like, I think Jenna and I would have been a, an amazing team to watch together. I was so pissed off. I was like, I'm done with this show. I was like, I don't want to continue come back. I don't want to keep coming back and then ruin the good memories that I have. Because I had taken a break before. I didn't come back after X's 2 because of night. I had taken an extended break. I had created a beautiful life in New York City outside of this show. So when I came back, and I'm so glad I came back because then on Dirty 30, I met Veronica and like, you know, like she's my soul sister. So like I came back for a reason, but I was also okay with walking away. So after Final Reckoning, I was literally like, fuck these, fuck this shit. Cause this is not the show that I signed up for. This isn't the show that I fell in love with as a child. And I don't want to stick around to watch it go to shit. So would you say like you enjoyed like your first time? Cause I think it was what you went four straight, took that break and then you went four with like the trilogy i believe or yeah it, i think yeah, yeah i did four and then three i don't fucking remember yeah the, the early times i will tell you rivals two was the most fun i've ever had in my entire life we would go to a challenge we would come home and like ct would make the sangria and we would all fucking party everyone in the house was like someone's gonna win this challenge the rest of us aren't let's just party we'll worry about challenge days on challenge days but west CT, Johnny, Emily, Paula, you know, the people, Heather, Cook, Cara, all the people that made the final and made a lot of money partied every night. Like we literally partied every single night on Rivals 2 and it was just 
so much fun. So yeah, the original seasons that I did are way more fun than, you know. Hey, I mean, you partied and made the final as well, so I mean. Yeah, well, I, I, I had a very good physical partner at the time, and that's what I was learning the political game. So it was, and again, I think that's what me and Jenna would have been. I think me and Jenna would have been like so similar to me and Camilla, where she would push me to actually be a decent competitor, and I would have politically used our, you know, our friends to navigate through without ever going, you know, seeing elimination. Yeah. Was it Final Reckoning you said was like the season that like uh, keeps you up at night or something like that? I think someone yeah. on Twitter said. Yeah, I literally think about if Jenna had just got me out of that that grave that her and I probably would have skated to that final. Mm. It is like haunts me. It haunts me because I just know how good of a competitor she is, how many connections we both had in that game. I compete better with a partner that's really good. So I would have like competed better being partnered with her. Now, where was, like, the disconnect between uh, you and Jenna post-show? Because you seemed like you guys got along, like, on the actual season, but... um, You know what? This is really hard for me because I like Jenna. I genuinely like Jenna as a person. And Mm -hmm. then my history with Zach, like, I I won't ever deny that Zach and I, like, that was Knight's best friend. We had so much history, like... But at the end of the day, Mike, with everything, the climate that we're in, with everything going on... I couldn't just stand by and let Zach be a fucking dick on Twitter and not say anything. Like, it just did not feel right to me to still be friends with someone that was so vocally that piece of, like, and I know Zach has his issues, but it's like, you are, you are not learning. You're still the piece of shit human that you were years ago when a lot, the rest of us are trying to grow and learn and not, you know, be the people that we were. And at the end of the day, I don't care how nice Jenna is. I don't care how kind Jenna is. She's an extension of Zach. She chose to marry and breed with that man. So her views are the same. So anyone that listens to this podcast is like, no, Jenna's not Zach. She had a whole child with that man. You only reproduce with people that you think and feel the same with. So as much as I do love them as humans at times, I can't overlook how they politically look at other humans. Like, was there ever a time period where, like, you and Zach were, like, friends or, like, you know, could see eye to eye or? I mean, when, when you know, 2014, you know, when Knight passed away and prior to that, yeah, because that was a whole different time where we, you know, as he, like, and I know I've, like, had to grow as a person where you could, you would let shit go. Like, all that shit Zach said on X's too, I should have stopped being his friend then. But, you know, you were young, we were close, Knight passed, blah, you know, shit happened. So just kind of with the growth, I'm like, I can't stand by and support the things that he says out loud about my, like, you know, I have a lot of gay friends. I have a lot of trans friends. I also have a lot of gay and trans followers. I can't sit back and allow that behavior because me and Zach used to, you know, hang out and have some good times together. Mm. Yeah, one thing I will commend you on, and I mean, you could probably even attest, you are a polarizing figure, but one thing I will say and commend you on is, like, you do do a good job, like, speaking up in terms of, like, you know, equality situations, like, in terms of, like, race and LGBTQ and stuff like that, so I gotta commend you on that. Thank you. I mean, I have this platform, and it's genuinely shit that I care about, so I'm like, if if I can use my platform to genuinely help the people I care about and, you know, bring a a small amount of light to the people that need it. I'll do it every day, even if it means, you know, losing friends, because that's essentially, you know, Zach and Jenna were friends, but it, 
I can't, I can't justify it. What do you think about like the past strides of the year um, that maybe MTV's taken with um, some of their uh, social stances since the Black Lives Matter movement? I think it's performative. I don't think that they're consistent. I think that they punish women more harshly than men for the same behavior. So I think it's performative. And like I'm very vocal about that. I'll, I'll say it on this podcast. I'll say it on Twitter. I'll say it when I'm in a fucking MTV chair filming something. It's performative. But at the end of the day, MTV is a corporation and all corporations are performative. So it, it it's annoying to be a part of it, but it's like it's so high up. It's it's but it's performative. I mean, we could sit here and discuss the way they handled D compared to the way they've handled certain men on the show. But, yeah, she unfortunately was at the you know, she was part of the performative act. Yeah. Like, were you ever in a position like you personally where you're on the show where you feel like maybe a situation that involved you, like where you felt like you were on the um, being the offensive end? Like, do you feel like um, it wasn't handled as well as it probably should have been? <laughs> this is a great question. Um, so on Dirty 30, there was an incident, not the Jordan incident, because we obviously all know about that. Um, and looking back on it, that wasn't handled properly. Neither was the Camilla incident. But on Dirty 30, there was an incident where a bunch of the guys in the house that were still left in the house at the time, like literally like covered ketchup in a yoga ball and like threw it at me. Obviously, mm-hmm. then I still had a lot of ketchup fucking weird phobias. And it and they literally nothing was said to them. And I almost went home like I literally was like, I am going to fucking leave right now. Like I have my life in New York. I don't need this shit. Veronica convinced me to stay, but long story short, that was shitty behavior on their part. And it wasn't, they were not held accountable. Flash forward six months on vendettas, me, Kayla and Brittany do really shitty things. And I do think that we deserve to be held accountable. I will always say that we deserve to be held accountable. But once the smoke cleared and looking back on those two situations, I'm just like, why are women always held more like why are the women always punished more than the men for shitty behavior not saying we shouldn't have been punished i'm just saying it would have like i wish that they would have been punished the same way that we were punished for just you know being shitty humans because we were being shitty humans that day but the men also were right it's like um it should be like a it's like a inconsistency i guess you could say in terms of like the consequences or like how something is treated like if like a guy on the show were to do something it's like oh it's cool like mm-hmm. like here's a perfect example if like a girl cheats on the show this is oh. our storyline uh-huh. this is great this is what we're gonna do but if a guy cheats then it's like oh this dude's so cool because he can't keep his dick in his pants you know yeah. what i mean like you literally said it like right there. You said everything perfectly. It is literally just the inconsistency and women are punished harsh for certain things while men, it goes fucking, it dies at the editing board. So y'all never know that it happened. I mean, I will say though, like just from an objective standpoint, like obviously like we're not like condoning the situation with the suitcase or whatever happened, like for just from an objective standpoint, television wise, like, I mean, yeah, I mean, and like again, like you know, that, and this was a lot of what the challenge was based on. Like, how many fucking shit got thrown into the pool? Like, that's part of the game. It's like mental warfare. But you got to realize it's like the day and the time, and it is bullying. And we probably should have just thrown the mattress that did not personally belong to her, not all of her physical things. 
But, and I'm not going to lie to you. I always think this, and I've had this conversation with people. If I could do one thing over again, obviously I wouldn't throw the suitcase. But when TJ was like reprimanding us that day, I wish I would have been like, brah. And again, it's not TJ. It's the producers in his ear. But I would have been like, bro, like, why are y'all yelling at women when literally last season I got bullied by the, every man in the house except Derek at the time. He was the only one not part of it. And nothing was said. So it's just, again, it is. But also it's just it's, it's part of the fucking world that women live in. Yeah. What, <laughs> what actually happened, like, with that situation, like, from your recollection, like, um because it's feel like the editing for that was kind of choppy in terms of uh, the Kaylee incident. Like what? Because they kind of made it seem like you guys were like avenging Natalie or something. But like, that's funny the- thing. It wasn't even about Natalie to me. It was about Nelson because I was so close with Nelson oh, yeah. at the time. And I was like, oh my god, Nelson has been nothing but so good to this girl, and she's making out with Johnny in the bathroom. And again, what I did was wrong. But I'd also heard stories about Kaylee because I always know things. So I had heard stories from Melissa about things that Kaylee had done on, you know, Celebrity Big Brother, other things on reality TV. So I knew that she wasn't this like innocent victim. I knew that Kaylee was, you know, a girl like me that could like handle the shit. So it was just it escalated that night at the bar. We just kept drinking. We just kept drinking. And I was like, wait, we let Nelson ask her to move into our room so she would feel more like happy because she didn't like her roommates or whatever which was Natalie. And then all this is happening. I'm like, I don't want her in my room. And then I just remember Kayla being like, we should toss her shit. Kayla wasn't even in that room. And I was like, yeah, we should. And then Brittany's like, what y'all talking about? We're like, we're going to toss some shit. Brittany's like, can I join? And we're like, yeah. And like, originally, I think we were just going to toss her mattress because be like, you can't stay in this room. But then we were three drunk idiots that saw her suitcase. And we're like, oh, more shit to throw. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it was so shitty. And like, looking back on it, I wish I would have never touched her personal property and she had every right to be mad. But I also grew up watching a challenge where personal property got tossed in the pool a lot. So I've had some bad influences leading me this way. And that's exactly to your point before, like the times, because throwing like people's luggage in a pool. I mean, it happened on Battle of the Se- I think it happened the season before too. Like, um, yeah. On Dirty 30, like, Battle of the Seasons had happened. Like, it was, like, a thing of, like, the norm on the challenge, you it's know? It's almost as fucked up as it sounds. It's kind of, like, part of, like, a, like, weird challenge passage ritual. Like, someone shit's getting tossed this season. Let's hope it's not yours. <laughs> so, I want to kind of bring it back to your real world now, since, I mean, you mentioned about being a reality TV fan. Were you, like, a fan of the real world, or was there another reality TV uh, guilty pleasure that you had growing up? Oh, no. When I was little, I was a real world challenge girl. I remember like oh, wow. seeing Trishel on the chat, like on the real world. And that's the first like Southern girl I really remember seeing on like a reality show. And she sounded like me. And I was like, oh, if she can be on TV, I can be on TV. And then growing up, I was a huge Veronica Rachel fan. So like seeing them on the challenge, I just remember like I was like, I love these girls. I love these girls. So it's so funny to me that it's all come full circle. And the people that I'm cl- like, the women that I'm closest to are the women that I like loved watching. It's crazy. Yeah. Like, sometimes I'm sitting around like me and because me and Veronica are like, that's my fucking soul sister. And Trishelle and I are very close too. But Veronica, I think everyone and anyone that knows me knows that Veronica is like my number one inside and outside the challenge house. And just like 
to be able to, it's just crazy, like, the surrealness of it sometimes. How did your guys' friendship start? Like, obviously, you guys, you know, did a couple seasons together. Yeah. So, on Dirty 30, um, Veronica's a very standoff person, like, standoffish person. Once you get to know her, she's the kindest, sweetest, best human. But in the beginning, she's very standoffish. Um, so I really didn't like try to like get to, you know, I didn't, I felt the energy and I was like, I'm not going to go up to this girl. Like I can feel her energy. And then one day we were just on the bus very early in the season, probably within the first, like, I don't know, week. It was pretty early. Cause you know, time moves fast in a challenge house. And she mentioned to me, she was like, you know, I don't want to sound weird, but when night passed away, I almost reached out to you, even though I didn't know you because he passed away on her birthday. Wow. And she was like, I felt like I just knew y'all as a couple watching y'all in real world. She was like, I almost reached out to you, but I just didn't want to, you know, she's like, I know you're probably overwhelmed. And from that day forth, me and Veronica were just, you know, sisters. And we always say, like, she came back on Dirty 30 and I came back on Dirty 30 so we could, like, you know, find each other. Wow, that's so cool. That no, That's like, Yeah. That's like a. It almost feels like a little bit of a manifestation, like almost like that, like was meant to happen. I don't know. I just personally believe in like. No, we force. we always say that. Yeah. Like I always say, like I'm I'm an only child. Like I grew up. Like again, you know, I was always just thought Veronica was like the coolest thing ever, and now she's my big sister. And you know, little sisters always think big sisters are coolest thing ever. So you and I actually talked about this um, before the recording. We talked about you know homecoming, of course, since. And they got obviously announced recently that the original New Orleans was going to be the uh, third season of the homecoming. I saw a lot of comments and, you know, I obviously went back and rewatched your season a few times since Paramount's mm-hmm. become a thing. Everybody was like wondering if it was your season that was going to be the one uh, making this homecoming return. And I think yeah. that like that's something I'm, I'd be interested in. Do you feel like that's like a thing that you would like to do? Um, You know what? I It's. It- it's something that I think I would do, but I also, and I don't know mentally how easy it would be for me because you have to go back and watch clips, you know, it's part of it, um, to be reunited with all of them with night, not being there. I still live in new Orleans, so I'm very connected to the city. I think it would just be, um, it would be very, very like trying for me. I think it would test me as a human um, but I also think that as crazy as it sounds, even though we are one of the newer seasons, we have a lot of stories that are still untold. The Preston situation, and I know that y'all talked about that yeah. on your podcast before, so the fans here know what we're talking about. You know, night passing, the fact that, you know, Ryan Leslie exists, and I know he's been on your pod too. So I think it, if done right, we could really tell some stories that needed to still be told. But I think it would be very, very challenging for me having to relive all of those moments in the city that I still live in, in my home, you know? Yeah. One thing that I found so interesting, it's because you guys, typically we see some seasons of real world, like they'll remain like super tight. And then other seasons, they kind of break off and have like little to no relationship. You and Ashley seem to be rather close. But aside oh, yeah, that's from my the- bitch for life. Yeah. <laughs> but aside from that, everyone's kind of just like, you know, doing I their own. I never liked Mackenzie. I never liked Mackenzie. And I was really? forced to like Mackenzie because I did. 
and on my real world season, I was literally like, if I didn't like McKenzie, I would have been the jealous, crazy girl. And McKenzie's like, you know, the sweet girl. Um, and yeah, and like McKenzie now is fucking annoying as fuck on social media, like very like pro Trump, anti vaccination. And I'm just like, shut the fuck up. I actually love her family though. So, but only my only connection with McKenzie was with Mike. So like honestly being back in a house with McKenzie, I'm like, there's so much fucking shit that was un that I let go. Um, I don't talk to Preston. I haven't spoken to Ryan Leslie since the day of our reunion. Me and Sahar and me and Eric speak here and there, but honestly, it was always just like I was still with Knight and with Ashley, and then Knight, you know, died. So it was just like now it's just me and Ashley. Yeah, which I mean, it's unfortunate, but I feel like you guys had like so many things that took place on that show to where it's like almost makes sense. Like I know Eric was like still to this day, he's like so mad, um, kind of about how that reunion unfolded because everyone like called him a creep and stuff. I think it was. Oh yeah, and I think like and that's the thing. Like I think that there's still just so much animosity. Yeah. Going on in our little fucking weird circle, and like even like night passing. We couldn't get over it. Like, yeah, like, we all came, a few of us came together for that. But, like, and this is also why I don't fucking like Mackenzie. She didn't come to Knight's funeral because it mm. was going to be too hard for her. It's like, Mackenzie, this isn't fucking about you. But that's just, like, the type of girl she is. So I just think if we all came back together, especially add Ryan Leslie in there, because you've interviewed him. You know that he know, he's smart and he knows what he's doing. And I think it, I think it could be a very interesting story and season but i think it would be very um hard for me to actually do it and that comes back to my point like despite like all like the you know people going their separate ways and all the animosity and the issues it like it like hit so deep like to hear like all the positive words that your cast like because i've had on like quite a few of you the roommates yeah. like all the boys like just seeing them tell like all their night stories and like coming back to it it's just like oh my god it hit me deep i'm not gonna lie yeah and like i i and i do also think it would be interesting exploring a season when the main cast member is no longer alive like at the end of the day knight was the main cast member on our season yeah so and he was kind of sometimes him and i were the glue that held the whole group together so once we broke up and then he passed there was no glue left mm -hmm. so yeah i do think exploring a season like with the trauma of ours would be interesting, but also very hard for the cast members involved. So then you made the transition to live in New Orleans full time once your season was over, right? Uh-huh. Well, me and Knight came down here together for a summer. We were just going to hang out for the summer and go to all the bars that we didn't get to go to because of filming. And then we ended up staying and then we broke up and I stayed. Wow. So yeah. was like the experience in uh, real world contributed to like why you wanted to live there or was that always a thought? No, I never thought about living in New Orleans, even though I was of all the cast members the closest to it. I've never really thought about it. It was just literally the experience and the people and the community, because usually when you film a real world season, the the locals, the community don't, don't doesn't like the fact that you're in their city. They don't want, you know, mm -hmm. that exposure. The real world was so different. We were also one of the first shows to film post-Katrina. Yeah. Every morning we would wake up with these gift baskets on our front door. Drew Brees jerseys and endless alcohol. And just notes like, thank you for letting people know New Orleans is back. Thank you for bringing the camera crew. People are going to see that we're back. 
So the city was just has a different energy. The way that all worked out too with like the Saints Super Bowl taking place it was insane. Like, how did that Saints- happen? Like somebody had I, to. Have- production would always say like this is what makes reality tv so great is you can just write like the stories write themselves i i still like i just i'm like dumbfounded how like the timing of that like all like aligns like yeah literally it's so funny you mentioned that because monday night i was at a bar called tracy's and that's the bar that we went on we went to on our real world uh like the saint patrick's day episode Mm -hmm. And the owner was like joke, and I am now cool with the owner. And he was joking. He was like, "Damn, you you know, Mardi Gras over tomorrow, and then in two weeks we have the St. Patrick's Day parade." He's like, "Remember when I kicked you out of this bar ten years ago? Because on St. Patrick's Day in New Orleans, I got kicked and banned from that bar, and now it's my neighborhood bar." So like the connections I still have to the city because of that show is wild. And I was like, bro, you kicked me out of that bar like 12 years ago. He's like, God damn, it's been that long. I'm like, yeah, it's been that long. Do you remember what you did to get kicked out? No, I was blacked out. I saw that oh. episode and I was fucking embarrassing. Oh, my God. The worst, like, I was a fucking <laughs> drunk mess. The rest of your roommates said that, like, you guys had such a tight, like, curfew when it came to, like, rules and stuff on that season. Like, I think you guys, like, your curfew was, like, two. <sighs> Two, yeah, there we go. Which in a city that never stops. Why? Why do you think that was? You think to avoid like any safety um, reasons? Safety, safety yeah. reasons for production because they knew how wild the city was and they knew that they wouldn't be able to control us at a certain point. Just safety production. Yeah. yeah. I feel like I don't know. I feel like maybe some things could have um, potentially happened had you guys been allowed to film it. Pass oh that. god! <laughs> I don't know if I would have survived. Like, I was a hot mess. That it, oh, I don't know, man. It was the like we had a calendar of the days that we drank, and I think we had alcohol like sixty something days in a row because we drank every day. It was disgusting well, that we well, never took a day is, off. Alcohol is the drug of choice in New Orleans, is from what <laughs> yes, I hear. Yes, so. yes, it is. <laughs> don't come to New Orleans if you can't drink, baby. <laughs> So I want to come back to Ryan a little bit now, um, Ryan Leslie, since I obviously got to speak to him nine months ago and the Ryan that I spoke to. And of course, you know, time can change a lot of people, but he yeah, seemed like he was, I was. Yeah, I mean, he was like fun to talk to. So like I was so curious on like where um, maybe you guys felt like the disconnect was because to his perspective, he seemed to suggest that, um, you know, the rest of the crew, obviously you guys like where personalities might have been changing for the cameras and stuff like that, and that's what pissed him off. Um, <laughs> I don't, I, I don't know. Do maybe speak to your perspective on why you feel like you guys didn't really see eye to eye with him. Of course, I will say this: I got all the cliff notes, bullet points, everything he said on your podcast. I was made aware of through multiple, you know, fan accounts. Um, and I, I was, I was touched by a few things that he said. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, I think that he was the problem. I will stand by the fact that he was the problem then. Do I think he's the same person he is, you know, now that he was then? No, but that man was a fucking maniac. Living with him was like living with an actual sociopath. You're like, am I on the real world or am I going to end up on an episode of Dateline? So, yeah, I will say until you've lived with that man and shared a mansion with that man, 
And at the mansion, you still couldn't escape him. I think that he was just dealing with things. Do I think he was being fake for camera? No, I think he was just going through some shit like the rest of us were. We were all going through a lot. Like, look, I can't even watch my real world season because the shit that I was going through was so dark at times. And it's like, holy shit, I'm just fucking drinking on camera while I'm dealing with all this dark shit. It's just fucking wild. So I think he was going through shit, but I also think he will forever be the true villain of that season. I mean, you guys, I mean, Knight was obviously the main character, like you said, but yeah. like, he, he was like the antagonist, if anything, like, oh he God. was a, and, and you, but also as a real world fan, I remember watching the season back and being like, you gotta love a villain on the show. Do you want to live with the villain every day? No. Watching it back. Could I understand why some fans might enjoy watching him? Absolutely. Production guys- was over him though. When we decided production, I will say this, and I don't think I've ever talked about this. Production was literally coming around to us because it's by the time we decided to kick him out, they had enough footage. They had Mm -hmm. enough Ryan footage to get the show done. And production will come around and be like, so, you know, there's like a a real world rule that if everyone wants to kick a roommate roommate out, they got to go. And we're all like, what? And then another production person be like, yeah, that's the thing. If you anonymously kick him out, he has to go. So it was production that planted the little like Easter egg, like bug in our ear to like kick that man out. Oh my God. Would, yeah, would you they do, were so over him. Would you, would you do it twice? Kick him out? You know what? I sometimes think about this. And again, I haven't watched the show because it's like too weird for me to watch. I only watched it when it aired. I haven't watched it since then. So I only watched mm-hmm. it in real time when it aired. So I'm basing all of this off of my emotional feelings, not what I've seen. I would I would like to handle the Ryan Leslie situation different. Maybe like not kick him out, but just like fucking like lock him in a room and hold him accountable. Like I don't know. Like maybe bring my fucking hypnotist over and like see if we could like put him to sleep and see what's going on. Yeah, I would like to handle that. I mean, he was nuts. He took our car to the French Quarter one day, left it there came back with the keys and literally said, I don't know where your car is. Good luck finding it. And threw the keys on the table. <laughs> That's not normal behavior. Th- this is going to sound hard to believe, but you just said that you didn't watch your season in- since, you know, real time. He said he didn't watch it at all. I Okay, Mike, let me tell you this. If anyone comes on your podcast and tells you they never watched their own season, they're fucking lying. You've seen it at least once. Don't I don't believe any person that's like, oh, yeah, I don't watch the shows that I'm on. If you're fucking crazy enough to go on reality TV, you care enough to watch yourself. That's all I will say about anyone on reality TV. Like, you're, yeah, everyone has watched themselves. <laughs> Do you remember the scene of him where I think he went into your guys' fish was it a fish you guys are like a fish tank fish we bowl had a something. huge aquarium yeah. that people came over three times a week to clean and he fried one of the fishes in the, and your guys kitchen and lost her mind <laughs> he tried giving it to ashley i believe yes i remember this mckenzie was like fucking wanted to call PETA on them um yes i remember that like, i actually thought like, i thought it was funny i was like we just are literally out here murdering our fucking like our own fish and eating them. And and then I think like he called the cops the one time to come to the house. Um he, when Preston something with the toothbrush or something like that too. So a year years later I became friends with a cop and he was like, 
we only came. He was like, any other time in New Orleans, especially post-Super Bowl, pre-Mardi Gras, that was like beginning of Mardi Gras. We would have told these people to fuck off. He was like, we only came because we, he was like, they want the um, cops wanted to see the house. <laughs> so the only reason they showed up is they wanted to be nosy and to see like what filming was looking like. Yeah. Which, I mean, if you guys did do a homecoming, I, it'd be pretty hard to lock up that house again, I feel like. That house has been, like, through weird shit. It's, like, constantly being sold and resold, and, like, it hasn't stayed in, like, the same owner's hands. Like, yeah, I think it would, it would be very difficult to lock up that house, but I think that it would be worth it. Because, you know, in real world, this season that just filmed in New Orleans, they didn't have the same house. Oh, wow, really? Fun fact, yeah, the two owners, the two little gay men on it, and they're fabulous. And they're like, we don't want these fucking people in our house destroying it for a month. We don't need your your MTV BMP money. Go down the street, find a new home. Yeah, the two men that own it were like, "No, thank you. We don't need your checks." Yeah, I I think the one scene with Ryan um, that like people refer back to in terms of like controversial stuff, obviously, because we're talking like with the times. I think it was like the first episode. He said he made a comment to you or something like about like the dress you were wearing, and he said like. Yeah. He was basically yeah. like, oh, whatever happens to you, you deserve it. And I'm like, it's a fucking skirt. Like, it's, I've worn, oh my God, yeah. It was bad. It was bad. But again, that goes back to the point of like the times, you know. I feel like back then, it shouldn't be normal on any case. No, but, but it back really then, was. It, yeah. it was more normal to like hear a man say that to you and not immediately be like, you're the red flag, not my outfit. Yeah. And again, that goes back to growth. Like, again, why I can't be friends with Zach and Jenna, because things that used to that we used to let slide, we're not letting slide anymore. And if people aren't willing to grow with the times, then we unfortunately have to leave them behind. Mm. God, I could imagine having actually been in a house with Ryan Leslie. God, you just <laughs> unlocked a whole new like thought process. Did you, like, forget about that guy after time passed? You know what? Or? You know what? When I think about homecoming and I think about you know, having to film art, like ever filming it. I always just think about the night shit, but like yeah. pack that aside for a moment. I have to live in a house with Ryan Leslie. Like that's, that would be crazy. Well, his, his night stories were like awesome. Like he told some night like loved gems. Him. Night loved him and he loved night and night understood him on the level that the rest of us roommates could not understand him. Yeah. Like I will say that. And that's why I don't think that like, I joke that he's like a sociopath. I don't think Ryan Leslie's a horrible human. I just think like the rest of us, he has issues and we all project our issues differently. Mm -hmm. But he loved night. And and I wish he would have came to the funeral. I don't think he felt welcomed, but he would have been welcomed. Um, but I know that he genuinely loved night and night loved him. He, he, from just hearing his stories, like he definitely meant a lot to him. Like, yeah. And they 100%. were fucking little Dennis, the menaces together. Oh my god, he told this one story about how they went on an appearance together, and, like, people were giving uh, Ryan Leslie problems, and, like, a huge brawl broke out, and then Knight, like, came in to, like, help Ryan. Oh my god. I, rem I honestly remember this, because I was like, why are you, you're gonna get arrested for this guy? Like, oh god. I think you might have been, I don't, I think, I don't think one I, of the- No, I wasn't there. I think it was them two and maybe Sahar. Oh, okay, I wasn't there. that makes yep. sense. Mm -hmm. Okay. I knew there was a third girl involved, but it wasn't me. Like Ryan Leslie was like, "No, leave your leave your bitchy girlfriend at home." <laughs>
coming off of your guys uh real world though was like the press kind of insane for you guys or maybe not as much it was a lot i think that our i mean our season was still when the seasons were like good so yeah it was i mean it was life-changing i'm not gonna lie to you like it aired and everything changed yeah i would say around that time period um you had cancun you well I don't really count Cancun, DC. No DC, offense. Same. But. I was literally about to. Say, but I, was, <laughs> I, I, I try to like, I try to put DC out of my brain a but, little bit. But since you appreciate manifesting, I was filming. Not excuse me. I was working in DC the summer of 2009 when they were filming. I was working for a lobbyist because you know I'm a little political science major, and me and my friend we would walk by the real world DC house like once or twice a week just to see if they were outside. Mm. And I was like, bitch, I'm gonna be on the seat. I'm gonna be on this next season. Like, I don't want to go to law school. I'm tired of studying. I'm gonna take my talents to the real world. And my friend was like, all right, let's do it. I'll figure out the application process. So we would walk by there and like, speak it into existence. And then my girl went home, figured out all the process and took and we went to fucking an interview. So I literally watched them all summer and I was like, they look boring. What are they? Why are they back on the balcony? Where are their drinks? They were just sitting there with no drink. I was like, y'all losers. Like I remember we were like literally like they look lame as fuck. But before I hopped on here, I was getting ready to like say, I was like, oh wow. I mean, the the last like original like before they did all the stupid twists and everything like that, mm-hmm. like I was about to say, like, Cancun, you guys in the second Vegas, like and then you're like, I forgot something. Yeah, I was like, what did I forget? And I was like, oh, DC. Yeah. I tried to put yeah. it out of my brain. No, I think, I mean, ugh, it was so bad. It was so bad. I I genuinely feel like you, like, excluding DC from the equation, like, I feel like you guys, Cancun and Las Vegas, the second one, were, like, the last, like, three good, like, a good stretch of, like, the original real world, like, before the twist and everything like that. No, you're and then as a fan and as then a person of the show, like watching it change was like sad and like it's like we don't need these twists. Just cast genuine people. San Diego is when it got fucked up because they still had an original mm-hmm. like theme, but you had fucking Ashley Kelsey, who I do love, and Zach and like Sam and like Frank can't carry a season by himself. You know it, that season Fra- is starting to get Frank's good. Frank. Yeah, but he can't carry the season on his own. Exactly. I love Frank. As of when he's either being the villain or the good guy. But that's when this when you started like seeing a shift in it. It's San Diego is when the shift started, in my opinion. And then that's the same thing the following season with Marie's season. Yep. It's like Marie can't carry the show. But I, I will say I'll give Latoya her flowers. She she she's good too. Marie and Latoya are fucking the best. And I will always give Latoya her flowers. I wanted her on more fucking challenges, like losing to her on uh, what was that? Fresh free agents. Free agents. Yeah. I was like, girl, you you deserve to be here. And my only regret is we haven't seen her on more shows. Mm. So if you she, were, if, she's a if you were a casting director, she would... Latoy, she would have got cast any season she wanted to come. That's a good personality. So now let me ask Jimmy, the casting director, again. What would it take to make a real world in 2022 happen? You are going to have to really, really find people that don't care about social media. You have to find mm-hmm. people that have, and because this would happen to me, you're going to have to find people who have these little like dark issues 
that they think that they can control. Because with my situation, I always thought, I'll go in real world. I'm going to party. I'm going to have a good time. They're never going to know about the abusive relationship. I escaped a few months ago. They're never going to know the bullshit. Even though I talked about it in my actual like casting interviews, I was like, this is never going to be a thing that makes it on air. I'm going to always, you know, not talk about this. Like you have to find like those people that as fucked up as it sounds has genuine personalities, but also issues because that makes the show. The real world is about you bringing your issue to the table and your roommate bringing their issue to the table. And you're like, we don't have shit in common, but we're both fucked up people. Let's get to know each other. Right. And I think like Netflix now is like trying to employ that. But 20 something. It, I watched it. I loved it. It didn't hit, but they got closer than the real world's gotten in a few years. Really? It's fucked up as it sounds. I genuinely think I could cast like a seven or eight character like show of people that I think I could honestly cast a real world. Well, it would take me a while to find these people, but I genuinely think that they are still genuine people out there that mm -hmm. don't care about social media that just want to escape their real life or get more life experience. That's what it was supposed to me. I wanted to escape mm -hmm. my real life. I wanted to get more life experience. And I just wanted to party. Well, aside from Ryan Leslie, <laughs> I was about to say, aside from Ryan Leslie, who are the other six people that would be on the show? <laughs> I mean, I would cast him before I cast fucking as much as I love Sahar and Eric. At least he was a personality. That's true. And Ashley, I told shit to Ashley. Oh, my God. At her wedding speech, her dad literally gave a speech and talked shit about how lame she was on the real world. You have to Ashley, tell what, what what's this oh, do you remember the speech? Like, oh like my god, least, it was fucking hilarious. So her dad and her dad is fucking fun. I mean, Ashley is one of the craziest people I know. Y'all just didn't get to see that side of her. Mm -hmm. So her dad gets up. He was like, Hey guys, we have an actual celebrity here tonight, not my fake radio daughter. Because you know she has a radio show. Yeah. He was like, the actual star of Real World New Orleans has decided to join us. He's like, Ashley's never embarrassed me until she went on the real world and acted like she didn't know how to drink because her dad's a drinker. Yeah. So he's literally just roasting her, which she knew he was going to do. Like he that's their like personality and relationship. But he just roasted her for a good like two minutes about how lame she was on the real world. Oh, yeah. I think everybody was kind of expecting like, all right, maybe, you know, the real world might not be for her. But I think everybody was like kind of expecting like her to be on the challenge. You might know better than, you know, any of us would. Like, do you know, has she told you why she didn't do a challenge or? She was gonna, she was willing to do battle of the seasons because she was in between radio jobs at the time. A contract wasn't starting till later. She could do battle of the seasons. But production wanted the drama with me and Mackenzie and Knight. So they cast Mackenzie over Ashley. And I think that's like one of the biggest mistakes since we're just, you know, shitting on Cassie that they've ever made. Wow. Like put Ashley there and give me, Knight, and Preston a better chance. Like, I don't, like, yeah. They gave us Mackenzie over Ashley. And then after that, she couldn't do any, any seasons because she had like got locked into her like, you know, good radio contracts that she cared about I'm, I'm genuinely surprised to hear that like i've always yeah. wondered that but then like i just was like there's no way they would and, actually oh, put mckenzie that's how fucking hilarious it is is in 2012 they're casting mckenzie over ashley 
But in 2020 fucking one and 22, they're like casting fake athletes. That's how crazy this show has like changed. And like Mackenzie showed up on that season and like kind of like didn't even it's it's almost like she was hiding from the cameras. Yeah. And at that point, like I didn't give a fuck about Mackenzie. Like me and Knight were already broken up. Mm-hmm. I was never going to get back with Knight. They're like, I didn't give a fuck about Mackenzie and Knight or whatever, you know, little flirting they did three years prior on the real world. Oh, that, so that was like a thing at the time? I didn't actually Yeah, know. they, yeah, that was like a, like, I would like walk in on them doing confessionals and like, you know, I'm fucking him. You know, like him and I are like in a weird situation, Mackenzie, like you you constantly need attention. <laughs> I, I will say, though, Battle of the Seasons need, needs its flowers because I feel like it gets such a bad rap. Just, I don't know. For some reason, everyone shits on it because of, like, the well, cast. People or shit whatever. on it because of who won. I think that people didn't want to oh, see San Diego okay. win. That if a different up. team, it's like Trichelle and Dustin had pulled it off or even Brooklyn in some weird way. People shit on it because fucking the team that won. That, that's true. It kind of had, like, like an anticlimactic ending but also yeah. like i know a lot of people like weren't necessarily like so crazy about the idea of like casting like a bunch of like newer people at the time it was too many rookies i mean now they do it all the time but back then like you, if you don't have a you, you can't expect west to carry the show without johnny and orsi you know what one of the veteran teams got like taken out though there was supposed to be a west team went home. oh baby i remember this so i'm in on the bus with Kellyanne and Ashley from Team Sydney, yeah. bonding with them. I'm loving Kellyanne. I'm loving Ashley. I'm like, these are my two favorite bitches in that, that are going to be in the house. And then five minutes later, they get pulled aside and then they just disappear. And then fresh meat comes in. And I guess it all happened for a reason because then me and Camilla end up as rivals. But I loved Kellyanne and Ashley. And I was so sad when they got pulled away. They would have been good. Yeah, that would have been a team. That would have been a team. They actually, I've had like quite a few of them on here, and like they actually told like what happened. So pretty much, they told Isaac that he had a heart condition. Yeah, it was Isaac. But then when he saw the doctor that cleared him and asked like, "Oh, like what was the condition that these people?" and he was like, and the doctor said, "We didn't say that to them." So still to this day, we have no they idea. Don't know. They have no yeah. idea. And Isaacs came back to do a show. Kellyanne's came back to do a show. Was Kahuta the other guy? Dunbar was. And he did, Dunbar, he did Rivals, Dunbar did too. Rivals. Yeah, like, so it, it's the shadiest, weirdest thing to ever exist. Well, I mean, you're a devil's advocate yourself, so I'm going to play one here. I honestly think there's a chance that maybe they just wanted to get Cara and Camilla on that show. I mean, the, the, the two women that eventually became the face of the challenge. So maybe they had a last minute, like, change of heart. But why take out that? There's other. I don't know. I would have taken out Brooklyn before I'd taken out Sydney. If <laughs> I was going to fake give someone a heart attack. I'd like, you, you, would, you would think that would be the thing Chet. to do. Something's wrong with Chet's lungs. <laughs> yeah. So was Rivals 2 your favorite um, flagship show that you did? Absolutely. Just because I said we partied so hard. Like, Knight and CT showed up with fucking 37 wristbands because they had been at South Padre's um, spring break. And they kept them on the whole. Like, it was just Anastasia slapping CT. The DM and CT drama. The not, It was just, it never stopped. It never fucking stopped. 
Oh my god, you had the rap battle. Did, were you the one that told uh, Nani about the, the rap? <laughs> yes, I was so involved. And like, I literally watched a clip the other day of me and DM arguing, and I was like, fuck, this is so weird to watch. But then I also just laughed because, like, months later, we were at literally a pool in LA waiting to go film something. And Dion was just like, you were so, she was like, just telling me, she's like, you're so funny. She's like, even in moments that I wanted to hate you, you just made me laugh. And she would always tell me like, you got to use this shit, sis. Like, you're so fucking funny. You got to use this. You got to use this, like use all this energy for something. So it was just like, I think that's where Dion and I both shined. We all just fucking had like this. It was like, someone's going to win this. We don't give a fuck who's going to win it. We're just going to party until the person wins it. Was that rap actually like a thing? Did that exist? It was a thing. I would like, okay, and I want to say this, like same with the Tory Jordan situation that I will be able to speak on more when season three of a show called All Stars might, you know, we all know what's happening. Yeah. I don't make this shit up. Like I, my mind's not that creative. Like the rap battle existed. Jordan's story to me existed. Like it all fucking existed. Like I might be a lot of things, but I don't have enough energy to make up things about these idiots. Like it all existed. Listen, if something comes out, there's got to be a sprinkle of truth somewhere for it to come out. And like, like I said, there's plenty of people that hurt, and we can talk about it now because we all know that All Stars Three is happening. Yeah. Right. They they talk. <laughs> they they you know. Yo, that Jordan and Tory conversation, anyone that follows me on Patreon, I told everyone the fucking truth play by play. And I promise you, everything will come to light is all I have to say. Not on camera, but there are plenty of people that are like, yeah, I'll say I heard it. I'll say I heard it. So once the cast is revealed, people might tell you that they actually that I'm telling the truth. Well, what maybe prompted you to do that? I think that was a question on a lot of people's minds was like, why and like, why then? Because, and I will stand by this because people like Tori are ruining the show, being more concerned with their brand than being concerned about being authentic and genuine. And it's like, girl, tell the truth. Like, and also she can be a very likable person if she's herself. But like, I... If I know that you're faking it to make it and I have a little piece of information, am I the bad person for telling my, the truth? Maybe. Kind of, am I the villain, Mike? Am I the villain? Listen, that's not for me to interpret, right? <laughs> I got a job I'm doing right here. <laughs> no, I get it. No, like I said, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, as much as shit as I talk, as much tea as I spill, I would never, ever blatantly lie on someone. I couldn't sleep at night. I believe in karma. I believe in energy. So all the shit that I talk can be backed up. That's all I will ever say. It, and it kind of feels now, too. Um, I know a lot of people use the word opportunist a lot um, mm -hmm. in regards to her. But now it kind of feels like when she first came onto the scene with the challenge, like, you know, everyone liked her. And then once mm -hmm. she starts getting fed more and more and more like camera time and brought to the forefront with like the opportunities and stuff is when she starts to garner like more hate like do you feel like this is why because she's getting shown more is that why because you live no, to see I yourself become a villain or is this no. like just something that's always existed and now because we're seeing her more is like I being think, i think when you do too many shows back to back it starts to fuck with your psych and you start being like, I need to do this. I need to do this. I need to do this. We saw it with Camilla. We saw it with yeah. Cara. 
And I will always, as much as I hate giving Johnny any props, I love Johnny as a person. I don't like Johnny on TV. Johnny has figured out a way to go and film a TV show and then go back to his real life and be who he is in real life. Mm. The lines get blurred a lot when you do too many shows back to back. CP used to take a lot of breaks because he would get in trouble. So it wouldn't happen to him. Johnny figured it out. And I always tell him, like, your best quality is you can be who you are in real life and who you are on the show. Unfortunately, and again, because women, again, have a lot of shit to deal with and a lot of burdens to bear. Because what happened to Tori on the Dirty 30 reunion was fucked up. That Yeah, that was pretty rough. Yeah, I think that that's when it started fucking with her. I think that there's, like, Cara on rivals three with the tom and abram thing yeah started fucking with her camilla's always just been a little off so eventually that fucking thing fucking yeah and you know what i feel bad because i remember kind of being like mean to carl on twitter during the rivals thing and it's like jimmy you don't know what her home relationship was like you don't know what she was trying to escape so i do regret like a few tweets that i like said about Kara then but unfortunately i just think that if you get painted as a villain, you sometimes become one. Yeah, there's a saying: you die a hero, or you live to see yes. yourself. Long and enough I love to that. And I think it's just with the obstacles the women have to face on the challenge, it just it it fucks us up a little more than the men. Again, we that's that's something a book should be written about, not the fucking how to win a challenge. You might hey, you could probably write your own book. Yeah, I think a couple <laughs> people would buy it. Also, I'm so curious about how this win a challenge book is going to work because, like, who who's going to buy it? People that are never going to be on a challenge. Well, yeah, because they they don't cast fresh meat. Anymore, <laughs> like, it's, so. not, <laughs> it's not. Oh, I love fresh meat, but yeah, like you need a fresh meat season if you're going to write a whole book about it. <laughs> you're going to get a bunch of tryhards, <laughs> like, oh my god, I know. Yeah. Gonna <laughs> I'm going to win the challenge now. So you got to get casted before you can win. And you either you have to be like European with three million followers to get cast these days. <laughs> They're setting a pretty bad standard there with this book. <laughs> it's fucking. I told you this before we started recording. And I'm going to say it again. Like, I need to, like, figure out how much people got paid to, like, give their opinion. Well. I need to know that. And also to, like. The better the book does, the more these people get paid. I hope they negotiate it properly. What was like your process again? Because I've heard for the All Star show. Because I've heard originally, like you weren't on the for All Stars one, you weren't on the original cast, but you also weren't like an alternate at first either. No, no. I this again, universe happening the way it's supposed to happen. I was not cast on the original All-Stars. Like, I was too young. I didn't fit the criteria. But Little Miss Queen Tina got COVID. Mm. And they're like, oh, God, we need a big personality. And, like, no offense. And, again, I'm going to get fucking shit for saying this. Casey and Sophia. And, no, Casey was on the show. Maybe. Sophia and Cook. No, who were the fucking... And it was Sophia and Casey at the time. At the time, it was Sophia and Casey. Mm-hmm. And Tina was on the show. Sorry, it took me a minute to get there. And they were like, we need a big personality. Oh, wait. We didn't cast big personalities as an alternate. So they called me like two weeks before. And they're like, would you... We know that you're done with the regular show. Would you do All-Stars? I'm like, would I do All-Stars? Are you asking me to come film and get paid to hang out with all the people I watched growing up that I think are cool as fuck? 
yeah, I'm gonna do all stars. Like, send me the contract. So I get cast, and then Casey gets moved into the main cast, and then Sophia and Cook are the all stars because that's when they called Cook to ask her to be an alternate. And then we get to Dallas, and they're like, "Oh, we think Jimmy's too, like her and Cook don't fit the criteria. It's gonna have to be Sophia or Casey." Blah blah blah. And then like two to three days before filming, they're like we have to use her. So that's how I ended up over Casey because Casey was supposed to be in it. The cast got cut down because Abram had COVID. The cast mm. got cut down number wise. And they're like, no, we have to, we need like, I mean, even though you need it, like it was a big personality. Like I literally got cast based off of my personality alone. Wasn't my challenge skills. It wasn't my like tenure. But yeah, so essentially I got called the moment that Tina got COVID. A lot of shit got shuffled around that didn't make sense, but it's been in eventually I was put in. And I feel like that's an easy insertion um, because if you're looking for a replacement for Tina, right? Like, I mean, come on. Like, that's... And I, and I, and I know, like, I grew up watching Tina, Rachel, and Veronica. I see it. And, like, it was... And I tweeted before, like... Because a lot of people are like, oh, Sophia or Casey deserve that spot over Jimmy. And I and I stand by what I say. I've made more of a challenge impact in my challenges, even though I'm not the best challenger, than Casey or Sophia. I stand by that. I said it to Casey and Sophia's face. I will say it to their face any and every day. Like, I understand that I've made a more impact on this franchise based on my personality than they have. Yeah. But I loved Casey on season two of All Stars. I thought she played a beautiful game. Oh, I have hyped her up on my Patreon. Like, I'm so annoyed she was pregnant because I wanted her to keep navigating that game. I mean, I'm happy she's, I think she's literally giving birth today. So shout out yeah, to that. Yeah, she did, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, so, but, but I loved watching her be a totally different player than she was the last time we saw her. I think that was probably the best episode of the season, the one where she made that move on All Stars. Yeah, and I'm, a, and I'm a Casey fan because I loved watching her do that. And I think she deserved that redemption because, honestly, the whole time she thought she was going to be on season one and she wasn't. And I could imagine how like devastating that is. You're like, oh, I'm going to get the opportunity to be on this the comeback show. And then, you know, I come in. <laughs> and it's like, I'm right. sorry. Like, I love Casey. I love Sophia. But, like, I've literally been on more challenges than them. It made it, it made sense casting wise. Yeah. And they both got their redemption on season two. Well, maybe not Sophia, but I mean Well she was there. She got paid. Well she well she was there, but um No, but like Ayana fucking oh, I love Ayana. What a menace. <laughs> oh, I love Ayana. I love Ayana as well. I literally felt like that's all Veronica. Like I'm like, I'm sorry. I love Ayana. Like you gotta you gotta let me have true. this. It's true. <laughs> yeah but like it comes back to the point like i know like maybe some people that are big casey fans or cook fans i mean especially the cook people that you know we see on rivals too and then never see her again and then you know getting this close to seeing her again i think it all just came down to like like you said you know you you fit the billing better i mean like tina just for that specific nature like it makes sense to replace someone like tina with you like say if the shoe was on the other foot and say like john a needed to be replaced then probably in terms of like the character exactly you know what i mean i remember the first time i met tina she like comes up to me she's like i hear you the bitch that replaced me (laughs) really yeah it's me and she's like like and i hear and she was like i hear that like rachel and veronica really love you 
I was like, yeah, guilty. She's like, all right, we're cool. And then like from then on, me and Tina like, we're cool. But she was literally like, I hear you're the bitch that replaced me. I'm like, we should have got COVID stupid. Like it's like, she's so fucking fun. Awesome. She's so awesome. What what was the, um? were you still getting calls for the main show? Like after Final Reckoning? Like when did they start? I or got stop? one. I don't know if it was War of the Worlds or Total Madness. The one that Kayla did. I got that call. Total Madness. Yeah. And I was like, no. And I can't remember why I said no. But thank God I did. Because a bitch wouldn't have lasted in a bunker, Mike. I would have quit. TJ would have had a whole fucking monologue about me being a quitter. And and you know what's crazy about that entire thing is like that filmed like months before COVID, and then when yeah. it aired is when we were all legit in lockdown. Yeah. Couldn't and I'm the person like, I, and I always stand by this. If I don't want to do a challenge, especially now in All Stars, like I'm older, I won't do it. TJ can call me a quitter. I don't care. Like I'm not a person. I'm not going to do anything that I don't want to do that I don't feel safe doing. Like. There's nothing TJ can say to me that's going to hurt my feelings. So, like, if I ever do, like, if there's a challenge I don't want to do, I'm not going to fucking do it. I'm sorry. Like, he's not going to get me with his quitter, like, speech. <laughs> I mean. I am 33 years old. If I don't want to do something, I'm not going to fucking do it. Like, I'm not. I'm sorry. Especially living in a bunker, too, for a season. I mean, my God. I, and that they draws back. To- in, they had to go pee in porta potties. Well, I heard the, port- the dark. Water potty broke on like the second or first day or something. Yes, I'm sorry. I am not gonna pee in a porta potty to give y'all good content. And there's a lot of things I will do. That's not <laughs> one of them. I'm not. I would have been a psycho. I probably would have just hit someone. Whoever I didn't like, I probably would have just like beat them up so I could go home or get kicked off. Yeah, right. I thought about that. I'm like, I could just like if I was on total madness, I probably would have started a fight. Listen, if there were one person I would expect to start a fight in a show like that, it'd probably be you. To get kicked off? Like, I'm not a betting man, but if I was. Yeah. No, I thought about that. I'm like, I would just start a fight and get kicked off. <laughs> well, uh, I had a fun time chat with you today, and I'm glad we were finally able to make this thing happen. I think the people uh, that are going to be watching this are going to thoroughly enjoy some laughs and uh, some reminiscing. So. I hope so, and I'm glad we finally sat down. I was a little scared to sit down with you. Really? Why is that? I don't know. I just like I can usually get a fill on people and I couldn't get a fill on you or how you felt about me. So I was like, oh, it's like, is it going to be a good vibe? Like and it was the best vibe. I had the best time with you. I want you to know that. I'm glad. I'm glad. But that's my and that's my trick, though. I, I don't I like to leave it up for interpretation. I don't no, want I, I like it. I approve. So. And I will tell you when other cast members come to me, because I know they will. I'm like, should I do his pod? I'm going to be like, do it right now. Oh, thanks. So when people are, are like annoying you trying to come on the show, it's my fault because they asked me about you and I gave you like five stars. Good. So now I know who to pin the blame on. Yep. You're about to be overwhelmed with requests. No, I had the best time with you, baby. All right. Thank you. I did as well. So and uh, you, you've always got your support um, with me as far as that goes. So and I'm going to let you know about the barbecue sauce and the saltine crackers. You have to. I'm telling you. <laughs> I will. I will. I, I was I scared. You're know. like the first person that I've like outside of my like immediate circle that I've told about that. So hey, babe, I'm a safe space and now I'm going to try it. Listen, with the social climate, I wasn't sure how it was going to be perceived. So oh, I'm like, oh, I want to do it right now. Should I go get some crackers from Walgreens? 
<laughs> go do it. I'm telling you. I know. I got barbecue sauce in the refrigerator. You know I got that. All right. Well, uh, keep me posted on that, and I'll uh, let you know when this is out. All right. I got you, babe. All right. Bye. Bye-bye.